Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Kimani Mbogo podcast. My name is Kimani Mbogo and this is where I get to share with you my life experiences and things that I have experienced that have left me shocked, traumatic, dealing with trauma and moving on. And, uh, you know, I'll be sharing with you a lot of things. And in today's episode, I will share with you an essay that I wrote uh, about three hours ago. Uh, I'm recording this. This is uh, 4.36 a.m. on Monday morning. Um, something funny happened that I was recording this episode. I recorded almost, I think, an hour and a half of it. And I realized that I switched off my laptop accidentally because the battery on my laptop is dead. So I get to, like, it doesn't work if it's not plugged in power. I realized that I switched it off at some point in the previous recording when I was switching off the water dispenser that is right behind me. And I think you heard it in the previous episode. And so <laughs> I realized that I was just talking to myself. Anyway, uh, that means that this time round, I'm going to be uh, probably more structured now, now that I know everything that I want to say. Uh, that's the beauty of it. Uh, maybe as we go on, you will realize that maybe there was some kind of transcendental thing happening in this episode because I'm going to discuss very important things that I think a lot of people um, need to hear. It might not be not it might not be what they want to hear, but I believe it's it's what they need to hear because um, I'm going to share with you some very profound things. Anyway, uh, just a brief update of how my week has been. I was in Eldoret, the city of champions. It's not a city yet, but they call it a city. <laughs> it does look like a city, but it's not a city yet. Uh, if Nakuru was made a city, I think the next city they're going to make is Eldoret. Because, um, yeah, this, the people of Eldoret deserve to be named a city. They have been craving for that for a long time. Anyway, I was there doing a project with uh, one of my clients there. And I got to experience um, some very nice things. I got to do zip lining for the first time. I got to be on a horseback for the first time. I got to do archery for the first time. This is all going to come out in a, uh, in a couple of weeks, uh, maybe, uh, because there, there are a bit of issues that, that need to be sorted out with the clients and stuff. But um, it, things, it will come out. It's a beautiful episode uh, that I got to film uh, with my friend who's a filmmaker, a brilliant filmmaker. His name is Fred. I think you can follow him on Instagram. His name is Fred Gikandi. Uh, awesome photographer, awesome videographer. No, he's not a photographer. He's actually just a videographer. He does videos and he does brilliant, brilliant work. I think um, we've already uh, done an episode in Lodua. So I'm doing this a series of of documentaries or a docu-series with... Um, with uh, with an airline so i get to travel to their destinations and uh do documentaries of fun things and fun places you fun places you can visit in these destinations and El Eldoret was one of them and uh it's a beautiful place very very beautiful place i studied there about 6 years ago come to think of it it's it's been 6 years since i left university uh it's been quite a long time although i am one of those people who quit university at some point because i quit in my third year <laughs> and it's been, it's been it's been quite some time yeah six years ago that's when i left eldoret and it was fun for me to go back there again uh it's a very beautiful place it rained <laughs> heavily on the three nights that we were there uh, but we got to film uh everything and that's that's gonna be coming out soon uh and uh you're gonna see some very beautiful places and some very amazing things that you can do in eldoret uh, funny thing, I got arrested at the airport by some cops who were very 
uh, sneaky. They wanted to extort me of money, but they didn't, luckily, because, uh, you know, um, ain't nothing to be scared of if you are not doing anything wrong. Yeah, I wasn't doing anything wrong. I wasn't. I wasn't breaking any laws. I was just. Uh, there was just a misunderstanding that happened at the airport. Uh, but my experience, nonetheless, was uh, so much fun. And so that's what I was doing last week. Um, I promise to be giving you an episode a week. I think um, every every week we'll have an episode. This one comes out today on Monday because uh, up until yesterday at around um, midnight, I didn't have a, a topic, a specific topic. I couldn't zero in on a particular topic that I wanted to discuss. Of course, I have a lot of things that I want to say. I have a lot of things that I want to discuss uh, and share with you, uh, but I didn't have one. Uh, but luckily, you know, God came through and he gave me a topic to discuss with you or to, to you know, uh, you know, dissect with you. And um, this is fun because um, a lot of you keep DMing me. Um, I haven't responded to all my DMs. Sorry for those of you who have maybe seen uh, that your message has come to maybe my WhatsApp or my Instagram or Facebook DM and I haven't responded to all of them. I know I promised to be replying to all of them, but I realize that's harder than it sounds uh, because uh, you have to take time. And I like talking to people you know like as if i was there with them so um but for those of you who be, we've been having conversations i've enjoyed uh the, the fact that you listen to the whole podcast uh the kimani Mboga podcast it's a long format podcast um i like you know discussing something or talking about something to until i feel i have said what i need to say because um you know if you have time you know create some time uh put this on when you're maybe driving to work um, or when you're in a matatu, put your earphones on and just l let's let let me take you through uh, what I have to say and whatever you have to say in response. Uh, my DMs are always open and we can discuss. Thank you to people who I'm not gonna say their names, but um, two people came out to me last week and they told me that they went through a similar psychotic experience to what I went through. And uh, I've been telling you guys, you know. Uh, Maybe you should spend some time at Madare, and it's it's open to to public visits. You can go to, um, I I recommend you go to Ward Nine because that's where I was, but for two times, uh, for a total of about fifty something days. Uh, the first episode and the second episode, uh, but it's it's a it's a place where if you want to interact with people who are experiencing transcendental things, I recommend that you go there. Um, just go there, buy buy bread. Bread is allowed. They don't al allow you to come with food from outside. Food that's cooked from outside. So uh, just buy bread and milk. That or bananas. Uh, I think that's they they can allow that. Uh, they can allow you to to go there and share with them. Usually, the, the Ward Nine has a capacity of uh, about f between forty five and fifty six people. So maybe you can do your math and uh, go visit them with uh, food that will be enough for them. Uh, for bread, maybe you can uh, they can share maybe one bread two people, and so you buy like how many breads are those? Yeah, calculate. Yeah, about, about calculate for a maximum of fifty six people, and then. Um, and milk. Uh, I just get a packet of milk for, for each and every one of them and then go spend an afternoon with them and then um, 
come back and tell me what you experienced. I, I promise you, you're going to, you know, f- try and find out their stories. You know, uh, the NASA's will allow you to talk to them. Uh, make sure you schedule the visit with the, the there's a welfare department there that's going to allow you to do that. Um, the, what is it called? The department? It's called, um, what is it called? I've forgotten the, the department, but it's um, at the reception at Madare. Um, you, you just go there and ask, maybe you want to, you just tell them you want to, you know, visit one word, maybe I recommend word nine. You can, there are other words, but uh, word nine is where I was. Um, go there and ask them, maybe you want to go um, and, you know, share lunch with those people and find out what they're experiencing. And then you come and tell me what you have experienced. Uh, anyway, on to today's episode. Um, I will today's episode. I will do something rather different. I haven't done this before. I haven't. I have never shared my writing with uh, with you guys on the podcast before. So what I'm gonna do? I am gonna read you an essay that I wrote uh, about three four hours ago. Uh, and today's what I want us to discuss today is. Uh, I want us to discuss death. <laughs> Yes, sadly so. I know we discussed about that uh, last week. Uh, but then again, I, I felt after, you know, f- the late former President Mwai Kibaki's burial, I think it got a lot of people thinking about, uh, you know, death. You know, seeing a funeral live on TV, you know, I think uh, everyone who's alive has experienced uh, the death of somebody else. And uh, maybe it, it triggered you and it brought back memories of when you had to deal with the death of a loved one and maybe those memories came flooding back. So this on this episode I want us to specifically talk about the pain and grief and the reality of death and everything that we have to contend with when someone we know or someone who's close to us um d- you know departs and goes to the next world. So uh this essay is called The Curse of Infinite Knowledge. Um The Curse of Infinite Knowledge by Kimani Bogwa. Uh, this essay is about the knowledge of good and evil, the gravity of the reality of or the gravity of this reality that we have to contend with. You know, we have to contend with the knowledge that we have of good and evil, what is right and what is wrong. And the consequences that our awareness of these things leaves us with, you know, um, it leaves us with two options to follow the source of this knowledge that is God or to pursue our own perceptions of it, which leads us to a place of inevitable doom. So transformation of consciousness is to be fully aware and to be fully connected to the source of this knowledge, which is God. Mere awareness as we <clears throat> mere awareness as we come to learn from being connected to the source is not enough. It is to leave out the experience of transformation. It is to declare it for those who are yet to come to the point of full communion, to bear witness to it. Signs and wonders are yet to be fully manifest in their transformative nature because we long lost that connection with the source of all life and the consequences of this disconnection is fully manifest today. A society that has made his very existence a subject of public mockery and ridicule. Yet we have to contend with the awareness of our own finitude, an awareness that grips us right at the core of our very being. To be alive and breathing and aware of everything that we are aware of, 
but to be disconnected from the source of all meaning. Our daily lives become a seemingly infinite loop of doom and unending suffering. So much so that even when we are not suffering ourselves, those around us are the ones that we love, our families, our friends, relatives and acquaintances. One thing seems certain to all of us, that we will all die. We will cease to exist in the manner that we are accustomed to. Our bodies will be lowered into the ground, boxed in a small structure that only has space for one. None of us seem to be aware of what will happen when this happens to us. Yet we behold these sins of those we have loved being lowered into the ground or their bodies being cremated to ashes and the horror it leaves inside our hearts cuts deeper than anything else. The love we shared, the laughter, the good times, the bad times, the friendship and warmth we once received from them and their presence disappears. Forever, it seems, stacked up in our memories, leaving gaping holes that nothing can fill up. Only the wheels of time seem to make things easier, if only for a little while, because the warmth of the hug, the warmth of their hug, the smell of their perfume, the smile on their faces, everything we did with them, and all the memories strike at any time. And we can do nothing but sob, feel the pain, feel it so deeply that nothing, even our, belo even our beloved distractions, can pacify the sorrow and the heartache. We dream about them, and we are gripped by horror because there is an iron curtain that divides the world, their world and ours. So we go on with what we call our lives, numb, emotionless, empty, heartbroken, and eternally, as it seems, sad. We try to come to terms with it. We try to come to terms with this reality, but nothing seems to make sense. Not even the idea of an infinitely merciful and loving creator sits well with us. The first question we ask, and one that painfully crushes our souls to the point of anger and resentment against this being who claims to love us, is why? Why my parents? Why my brother? Why my friend? Why my family? Why my cousin? Why? 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 And we recoil in anger and we get repulsed by the very proposition that anything good can be behind our pain and suffering. The aching in our hearts is so deep and the silence of the beyond is mind-numbing. We wish he could give us an explanation in person. We wish he could appear from the sky and explain all of this away. Give us a good reason that would perhaps satisfy our curiosity, we think. Maybe all this would go away. We think to ourselves that the suffering and pain we are going through, if it mattered at all to him, would compel him or it or whatever higher power is purported to be in charge of this reality to give us an explanation. Isn't that what we do in our civilization? Someone always has an explanation after every tragedy. We gather around the television after every national disaster that has cost the lives of and the people, that has cost lives and the people we have put in charge to explain to us how what happened happened. How a rogue terrorist under the, got under the police radar 
somehow and managed to drive to a premise in the middle of the city, armed to the teeth and violently take the lives of our loved ones. Truth is, and we always know, and we always know this, albeit subconsciously, no explanation, no matter how profound or detailed, can bring the people we love back. No report, no thesis or hypothesis of how the violent events that eternally, as it seems, separated us from our loved ones happened can make them breathe again. We know it, even when these explanations seem to help us deal with the events at the moment they have, ha they have just happened. We hate that we are aware that no matter who speaks to us, offers, offers us their heartfelt condolences, no matter how sincere, that grief will have to be dealt with at a very personal and psychological level. For a moment, we wish we could trade heads with other people whom we think are not as affected as we are. But we know we have to pass through that valley of the shadow of death by ourselves. The scenes of their suffering play out in our heads. The pain they must have felt the scenes of them wreathing in agony and doom play in our heads. In these moments, we wish we could turn back time and be in control to save them, to help them, to rescue them. Oh, the scars they leave behind, scars that start, scars that start as deep, painful wounds and scars that never heal. We learn by means supplied by time and circumstance to live without them. But the memories never leave us. At times, we wish we could turn back time and not know our departed friends at all. Maybe that would take the pain away. Oh grief, oh you soulless torture of souls, what shall we do to escape you? As we wallow in tears and pain and struggle to climb up the seven-storied mountain of grief, nothing seems to make sense, and the apparent silence of a loving God keeps us in a perpetual state of cognitive dissonance, torn between what we know we ought to and what we know to be the true experience. Talking about him leaves us with a bad taste in our mouths, and the very idea of him or his so-called mercy and love repels us. We are left to live in a world of an unending loop of distractions, be it work or drugs or whatever seems to take away our minds from having to think about him in the privacy of our minds. We always have music playing while alone and working until the next f and working until the next free time when we can drink away the raging thoughts. Even though for a while seems like a plausible way to go through the long days and nights when thoughts of him beckon us to listen. A part of us knows we ought to listen to that voice that invites us to spend a moment talking to him or having what he says or, or what he has to say. But we ignore it like we do a beggar on the streets or a hawker at the Matatu stage. Not interested, not today, we keep saying, until our thoughts overwhelm us, until we cannot take the pain anymore. At this point, some decide to go look for that thing that lies beyond the flat line, and some decide to confront him. What we are not aware of all along is that we are part of a long story a story that has that has a beginning and an end if we care to listen to it that nothing has happened to us is 
that nothing that has happened to us is, and I mean this in a non-insulting way, special. That millions, perhaps billions, have come before us and exited the stage. That violent deaths have existed since the beginning of time. In his grand theodrama that has been the rock of our civilization for 2,000 years and more, he opens the story by the tale of his initial plan and where it all went wrong. That he had all our best interests at heart, but something had to be made clear. That he did not create us slave beings. That we were free to choose to love him and follow him and his will, or to choose our own and have to live by the consequences of it. We grapple with the thoughts of his almighty power, wanting to convince ourselves that somehow, if he wanted what was best for us to begin with, he would have prevented all of this from happening to us. But we know that this would mean him taking away our freedom to choose, only making us do what he wants. Who says this path wouldn't have made us resent him more? This, my friend, is a prize of freedom and love. For there to be a world where love is possible, then there has to be a world where hate is possible, because love cannot exist in its purest form without freedom. He then sets the scene of the horror that befell the world he had created with the story of Cain and Abel, Abel's life taken away by his own brother. The consequence of departing from his will, the consequences of departing from his will were evident, that death would follow, not as a result of divine vengeance, but as a result of what Bishop Barron calls so beautifully spiritual physics. The fact that we who live in this, in the age of great scientific progress, probably its golden age, interact with so many manifest realities of the laws that govern the universe we inhabit should make that concept very easy to grasp. If you turn the lights, if you turn the light switch, for example, if you turn the light switch on, uh, if you turn the light switch in your house off because you're going to bed and don't need the lights, then they will stay off and anyone who turns them on against your will is an intruder. We have learned so much about our world that we have understood so many things about it that those who lived in it two centuries ago, if teleported to this age, would think of us as some kind of gods. These laws, natural laws, that govern the universe truncate to those that govern the spiritual universe. The first and most important being the law of love. Love, as Aquinas puts it, is the willing the good of another as other. We feel the absence of those we loved when they die because we, re we relished in their presence. This is in a way a law of spiritual nature by itself because the nature of love and human connection is metaphysical and transcendental in nature and can therefore never be examined or understood through the scientific method which is confined by its empirical nature. Therefore, as we live through a world that is inhabited by so much knowledge of material things, we must actively learn to appreciate the place of immaterial things in our lives. One priest recently put it to me this way, that no matter what kind of scientific machinery you have in your possession, if you dissect a person's brain, you can never see their thoughts or measure their weight. It is the reality of the world we inhabit. 
that there are things that can be measured empirically. For example, the height or weight of a corpse or the depth of the grave they'll be buried in. But where their souls go after their death is a matter that cannot be perceived empirically. We realize that the passing of time, we realize by the passing of time that we are part of a story and this story will go on even when we exit the current stage as we know it. As for the pain that is left behind in our hearts and our souls, when those we have loved go before us, we can only treat it by being connected to the author of the great story, our story. For only he holds the answers that we deeply crave to hear. When we open his word and commune with those who are also just as con as connected to him, we find these answers, we find that deep communion, a communion of faith, a communion that offers us hope and healing and meaning. So, yes, that's an essay that I wrote, uh, as again, I would say about four hours ago. And um, I, I was thinking about death in a way that I haven't thought about it before. Well, perhaps I have, but... Um, not in this way that I'm I'm thinking about it now, um, but maybe in a varied form. Um, but I realized that a lot of people deal with death in a very um, obscure manner. Obscure in the sense that we don't really know what has happened. In a sense, we know what has happened, but we also kind of wrestle with ourselves um, trying to imagine what could happen or what could have happened or what we have heard could have happened to them. And again, we also have to deal with this, what seems like an eternal silence that just spells doom to all of us, you know? It's kind of like we are, we don't know what has happened, but we know what has happened at the same time. And that is, um, is a reality that just painfully confronts us. Painfully because if you're dealing with the death of a parent, of a friend or a friend, or a family member that you you share a lot of moments with, you you have a lot of questions, you know. So what happens? You know, sometimes you 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 even find yourself in moments when you ask yourself, is it is it real? Am I real? You know, is this is everything that 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 is happening now real? Am I in some kind of dream that I'm I'm awake but not awake at the same time? Um, but again, I've realized all of these things that we ask ourselves, um, God has placed answers for us all over. It's only that we, we don't care to listen. And uh, to be honest with you, I only started caring and listening to these things recently. It's less than a year ago. And uh, thanks to the experience that God allowed me to have of um, being psychotic and being mad and being hospitalized and seeing things that other people were not seeing, 
the beauty of it is that I look back and I and now I can say I have comfortably come to terms with one who God is two who I am and three the reality of the world that I am in and the re- the reality of the world that we all inhabit and so dealing with the with the death of a loved one is is not easy um but when we are close and very connected to god it doesn't baffle us as it baffles people who don't have faith you know and that's why i've come to to you know learn and understand that faith is a very beautiful thing and the things of god they're not initially they're not grand they're not as attractive um think about what christ said you know that the road that leads to to life is very narrow you know it's it's not a road that is um that is glamorous it's a road and and it's it's narrow for a reason because you cannot bring any baggage with you you know you have to be as light as a feather you know somebody said um that angels are able to fly because they don't have any weight to carry around and a lot of the weight that we carry around by ourselves is one our resentment of god um or our resentment of the higher being that is in charge of the world we inhabit that allows us to go through all of this pain that we that we go through and we imagine that you know he doesn't care but as i have said in the essay that when you think about it you realize in a in a beautiful sense that that what you're going through is is not is not um is not different you know when the bible says nothing new happens under the sun it is true that many 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 people have died before before us and many will continue to die as we speak maybe there's somebody who's departing as we speak and that's that's the reality of the world we we live in so where did it all begin and um the beauty of it is that we, you don't have to look very far from for the answers all you have to do is open the bible and you know he starts right there by telling us you know what what you're experiencing now is um this is where it all began this is how your story begins um because you know um the fact that in this day and age people take religion so lightly and they take matters of faith so with a with a certain kind of condescending attitude um it 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 comes with its own cost and its own weight because naturally our souls are created to be ordered towards god but when we turn away from him and we turn to ourselves we we are we become or we we walk down a path of perpetual loneliness and this is what i'm going to tell you from uh my experiences of of um my epiphanic experiences 
and um and i can i can now say this confidently because um as i told you at the beginning two people have approached me and they told me that they experienced the same thing uh the same thing that i experienced one guy told me that he experienced himself you know having cars and riches and experiencing some kind of uh, you know euphoric world where he was powerful he was speaking to the president he was some kind of powerful person and now i look back at it and i see uh it it leads me back to to the the book that i'm reading now and that is uh, dante's divine comedy uh i i'd recommend it to you you can listen to the audiobook uh on on youtube it's 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 available on youtube but before you listen to it because it's a very it's a very hard book it's a it's a it's a very long poem actually it's 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 a it's a poem i think it's a yeah that's what it is it's a very long poem where dante goes through uh takes you through all levels of existence from hell to purgatory uh to heaven that is after the world that we that we are living in now and all of these experiences came now to make sense to me as i have probably mentioned in the previous podcast that uh, you know god allowed me to see things that you know that that happen in the next world uh when when we die that you know in 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 his own wisdom in 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 his own grace you know for my own um conversion because i probably would have never uh come to the point of conversion without um without having experienced this and the beauty of it is that and and the reason why i'm saying that what we are experiencing is not in any way uh unique or special in 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 not a not a, not in a way to diminish the the pain or the suffering that we are experiencing that is true and it's and it's uh, our experience and it's our pain to deal with and it's and there's that dignity that it is ours and it's the experience we're having that the loss of a loved one or you know th- having to deal with with a with a disease you know losing a limb you know having to go through a painful experience it's it's uniquely our own uh but then again when you zoom out of that picture of of the world that we inhabit and i'm i'm going to take you to my favorite book in the bible is the book of job uh for some reason i have um, i have come to fall in love with the book of job i usually when i'm when i'm experiencing hard times and when i'm when you know you know when i'm experiencing moments where i feel like you know god is um you know kind of i feel abandoned by god you know maybe like this suffering is too prolonged um i usually go back to the book of job and especially job chapter 38 it is the longest uh, monologue of god in the bible and it is usually right after job has gone through a traumatic experience you know he's um he's lost his children he's lost his his wealth he's lost everything he's been sick and god comes to him and you know it it starts in a beautiful way uh in 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 a sense you you might get the feeling that god is really not concerned about job's suffering but towards the end of it it all comes to make sense because um what god is trying to do with job he's trying to show him that hey look um get out get out of your own head you know come come see the world as i see it because from where you're standing all of the things that you have gone through all of the suffering that you have gone through it seems 
like it's so big and you know it like it seems like he has spelled doom to your life but then you forget that I'm the one who placed you here in fact I am the one who created this entire place that you live in in god god asked job you know where were you when i laid the foundations of the earth do you know what what it measures do you know um you know he goes on and on and on and on you know telling job you know where were you can, can you make um he talks about animals can you make an animal do this can you make an animal do that you know at the end of it what i i what i love about what god told job is that you're suffering put into context with who i am is diminished and in a way i'm going to try and and and, uh, and and show you how how true this is even uh in our own experiences uh sometimes it could be you know the breaking up of of a relationship as i have shared with you before you know i was in a relationship for with, with someone whom i thought i was going to end up being married to and then it ended and then uh you know the world at that time seems to stop and everything just seems to come crashing down on you um whatever kind of heartbreak you're going through at this moment um i i would invite you to to open the book of job go to chapter 38 if you don't have time to go through uh the entire book maybe you, you probably already know the whole story of job but maybe you haven't paid close attention to that uh to that speech that god gave you know job and in fact he tells him you know um dress up like a man come face me come answer these questions that i'm going to ask you you know and in in i realize that god in a loving way tells him you know what when i'm with you you don't have to worry about anything because when you have me you have everything and when all is taken away from you it's because i'm trying to i'm trying to direct your attention towards me because you will realize after everything when all is said and done i am the one who determines everything every living being everything that is created i am the one who has put it in place and so when you have that context in mind um then suffering somehow begins to diminish in its own beautiful way it doesn't make you superhuman as i said things of god and you know matters of faith are not are not glamorous to begin with you know they they don't look very attractive because um our 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 the way we have deceived ourselves is we we want grand things we want instant answers we want god to appear from the sky and and write it um and 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 give us a message and and you know talk to us directly and you know take a microphone and and shout to us but it is he has intentionally placed it so to make us come to the point of connecting with him at a very personal and deep level because you realize within you um as i started uh, in the essay i told you that we are aware of right and wrong and where all of this started is from the garden of eden you know god brings adam and eve you know places them in a beautiful place uh, but then again he gives them freedom you know um freedom to 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 do everything everything that they ever wanted you know but he told them okay so there's this one thing though uh there's this particular tree here and if you eat of its fruit 
Um, it is called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So that will make you, um, it's going to come with its own consequences. Because if you eat of that thing, you're going to die. So he didn't hide anything from them. You know, because God does not desire love from us in a coercive way. He does not coerce us to, to love him. You know, he, he, he wants us to freely and willingly choose him. And so the, the suffering that we are going through now, as I told you, that we are part of a story. A story that has a beginning and it has an end. And the beauty of it is that it's all defined and it's all right there. You know, if we open his word, we get to see where the story began and where it's going to end. From the beginning of time to the end of time as we know it in the reality that we inhabit. You know, that kind of gives us a, an overview answer. That first, before we get to deal with the details of how your your girlfriend broke up with you and, or how your heart broken right now or the grief that you're going through and respecting that as well, uh, that, that you're grieving someone that has departed, um, you know, let's, let's put it into context. Let's look at it this way. This is what happened. You are suffering because you are a great, 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 great to the power of whatever, uh, grandchild of Adam and Eve. And so the reason why you're suffering is because what they did had consequences, not only for them, but for their generations. And and that had to happen, you know, painfully so. But then again, he, he brings you to that, to another point that, hey, I love you so much that I, God myself, as God, you know, I came down to be with you, to experience your pain, not as a being who is outside, you know, not from the outside. I could have chosen to, to experience what you were going through from the outside, but I wanted to show you how much you mean to me that I came and became one of you, you know. Is it the pain of losing a, a loved one? I got to experience that because I believe in the, in the lifetime of Jesus, he he probably lost you know some some people in fact if you've watched the series the chosen i think um they 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 they, they, they we were not told this in the bible but but i love the way they they imagined this uh that joseph the father of jesus died before jesus had died and so i think that kind of put um a bit of context into you know, the, the reality of the humanity of Jesus, that even he probably grieved his father. Now, I'm not saying this is true, but I'm just saying I'm giving it as, a, as an example that even he experienced that, you know, the pain of losing someone. Now, not even just the pain of losing someone, the pain of he himself dying, you know, that in, in, in a grand way, and I think it's, it's uh, beautiful that I'm getting to share this with you, and uh, this is at the third Sunday of Easter, after the, the, the Monday after the third Sunday of Easter, that sometimes we don't think about it, you know, in a profound way, that Jesus dying and rising again, in all sense, defeated death. You know, that we shouldn't be scared of death or 
you know, so traumatized by it, like people who don't have faith. You know, I think it's Paul who says we don't grieve like non-believers, you know, because we know him. That when we die, that's not the end of the story. You know, in a way, this whole story is defined. And um, at the, to put a bit more context to this, um, I, I, I don't know if I've said this on this part of the podcast because I, I told you that I was recording the podcast earlier. And so some, some I think um, I'm thinking to myself, maybe I said this in the earlier podcast or maybe I didn't say it. Uh, I, I, maybe I said it in this one. But um, let me take you to that process, maybe in a clear way. So what happens when we die? Yeah, that's a that's a big question. You know, a lot of people ask themselves when we what happens when we die? And what happens is if you die when your soul is rightly ordered with God, you know, when you have been walking with God through your life until its very end, you get to join him in heaven. You know, the moment of your death, you know, he welcomes you into into his city, into the city of God in heaven. You know, that's where you, that, that's where you end up. But if you die as anything less of a saint, that maybe you had, um, you had sins within you, you know, you had um, uh, envy within you, you had lust, you had malice, you, you had, you know, all other kinds of sins that, that I'm going to go through them with you um, in, in, in this next part, you end up in purgatory. And that experience of purgatory, um, looking back, and as I have been understanding my own um, psychotic experiences, that is what God allowed me to go through, you know, just to see what happens. And then... I can get to the point of conversion. And so, uh, I invite you to read uh, Dante's Divine Comedy. It's the one I'm reading now, as I was saying. Uh, you can listen to the audiobook, but I recommend you first listen to uh, or watch commentary on it. Um, I think there's a, there's, a, there's a whole commentary that has been done by Bishop Barron uh, on, on Dante's uh, Divine Comedy, and specifically, um, Pagatorio, uh, or Dante's Pagatorio. Uh, so it's it's I think it's it's in three parts. There's a um, there's a part about heaven, and there's a part about purgatory, and there's a part about hell. I think the part about hell is called Inferno. Uh, so it's 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 a beautiful it's a beautiful book. It's a beautiful poem actually. It's a poem. It's a very long poem uh, where he he narrates his whole ordeal where God allowed him to to go through all of these phases. And the beauty of it is, as I have been telling you, what we are going through is not unique that it hasn't happened before that dante lived in i think the 1300s or not quite clear but it's over a thousand years ago uh probably not a thousand but maybe like seven eight hundred years ago and this this story has lived through those centuries because the revelation that god gave him in its own special way um resonated with the souls of a lot of people that it, it helped a lot of people understand what happens to us uh, in the next world and so what happens is uh, when somebody dies and this is why it's very important to stay connected um, even as you're grieving um, 
the, and even as the memories and, and everything that, that, that happened with the people that you knew who have died happens, uh, it's very important to keep praying for them and, and keep dedicating mass, masses for them, uh, is that they go to purgatory. And the, the thing with purgatory is your, the, um, your, your piety is taken away because now you're, you're a different being that you can't be pious as you were as you would have been as a human being. So you depend on the prayers of those who are still on earth. Because if you if people don't actively pray for you, then you get to stay there longer. And and the suffering that happens there, as I said in uh, in the essay, is not divine vengeance. And I think this is very important for us to understand. That God is not directly punishing anyone. And I think that that's something that... Um, I think a lot of apologetics, uh, 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 Christian apologetic writers need to make very clear is that God is not punishing anyone. Uh, he's not actively punishing you. Um, it is a consequence of your own departure from his grace that is causing you to suffer. Because once you depart from God, everything else outside of, of the city of God is, is, is doomed. You know, when you have him within you, um you get to experience what um the world from 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 uh from 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 how he wants you to experience it but then when you close off that 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 gate and that opportunity in your heart then you open yourself up to the consequences of it and i think somebody said um that the door to hell is locked from the inside not from the outside god doesn't come and lock you inside of um of hell and start punishing you for things that you did. Usually it's um, when you go to purgatory, you're painfully aware of the consequences of your own um, departure from the grace of God. And so in Dante's um, Purgatorio, there's this um, depiction of uh, Mount Purgatory or the seven levels of Purgatory, actually about eight. Um, there's the lowest level that is closest to hell. And this is a, the place for the excommunicate. Oh, these are people, I think this used to happen very early on uh, in the church. Um, people who held heretical views, views that were not uh, based on truth, views that were not in harmony with God's word and views that were not um, in harmony with uh, God's word and the, the tradition of the church that these people get excommunicated because they choose to willingly hold these heretical views and so they get excommunicated. So these are people at the very bottom of purgatory. And you'll be surprised, by the way, uh, by something that, that a lot of people probably take um, a bit too, too seriously. Maybe a lot of people struggle with it, but I have come to learn it's actually um, really at the top of, of Mount Purgatory. And right at the bottom... Uh, the place that is closest to hell is the excommunicate, uh, the lethargic, uh, the unabsorbed, and negligent rulers. Usually this is a place for people who are sinning in a more refined way. These are people who are deceitful, as deceitful as the devil. That's why they're very close to him. Because the devil is a being that chose to be eternally separated from God. That's a choice that he made. You know, that I I will live forever outside of your city and I don't want to live like you want me to. 
And of course, God, as being who he is, he could not allow him to 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 stay within his presence because he was not in in in, in harmony with him, you know. And to understand that, because some people think, okay, wait, what if uh, God? Why didn't Jesus convert the devil? Why didn't Why didn't he uh, pray for him until he converted? No, wait. First of all, you need to understand that every being that is aware that God has created is free to choose his love or to choose their own way. It is it is not my way or the highway with God. It is my way or your way. But as you make the choice, um, be very aware that these are the consequences of choosing to walk with me and these are the consequences of choosing to walk by yourself because he can see everything. He knows everything. You know, he's going to tell you this is where you're going, the path that you're going down is going to lead you this way. And the path that I want you to go is going to lead you this way. So it's up to you to choose. And so the devil chose to be separated from uh, from God uh, forever. And so the lowest point of purgatory is for intentionally deceitful people. These are people who know what they're doing. And these are what I call very fine sins. Uh, because these are sins, these are people who are sinful willfully sinful you know i know what god wants for me i know what is best for me but i choose not to go that way you know you know it's like how people i think i, I saw this on uh on a friend's uh insta story that uh, i think it's a, it's a it's a tiktok that goes around a lot of uh people who say i will always choose vengeance mm? i will heal in hell you know, saying something like that might sound, you know, like funny to you, maybe now, but um, if assuming that, that that's not something that actually people do, maybe it's something that they just joke of, um, and I would probably advise you not to joke about something like that because it's very serious. It's like you're choosing, you realize you're choosing to go to hell. You know, you're choosing to be with the devil. Uh, but then again, I'll, I'll, I will get to another point uh, about that. Uh, but at the bottom of Mount Purgatory, there are those people that I've just mentioned. And then there's um, Love Perverted Purgatory. So it's divided into four levels. There's a Anti-Purgatory. These are, these are the people who are refined, you know, refined sins. These are people who know exactly what they're doing and they chose the path of, of deception and deceiving people and going... Uh, towards towards the devil. So that's antipagatory. Then there's a love perverted level. Uh, there is now at the bottom of it, you have the proud or pride. What is pride? Hmm. Pride is uh, taking pleasure in your in in the pursuit of your of your selfish interests or of your own things. You know, you take pleasure. In, in, in taking a stand that you know is not right, but you still pursue it anyway. It's a it's self gratification and and the glorification of the self. You know, you you want to you know um, how do I put this? Um, I think I think that's just how I can put it. It's it's a, it's a, it's choosing a path of of choosing the path of self. You know, God again tells you, if you listen to me and if you're humble, I will teach you. 
Yeah? But maybe you think of yourself as wise. Maybe you think of yourself as very intellectual. Maybe you think of yourself as the smartest person in the world. Maybe you think of yourself as the most beautiful person in the world whom nothing, you know, nobody can tell you anything. Maybe you think you're rich and nobody can get to you, you know. That's a sin of, you know, pride, you know, the, the glorification of self again. Uh, that's what it is. That again, you get to deal with it at the very bottom of of uh, purgatory. This is love perverted. This is love uh, that is perverted. It's expressed in, in a selfish way. It's in the pursuit of self. That everything I'm doing, I'm doing it for me, you know. And I think people in this generation are going to be filling up this space in hell. Because this is a generation of, it's my way. It's me. Whatever I choose to believe. Whatever I choose to believe in my own business. If I choose to abort my child, is my own business. If I choose to do this, is my own business. Don't tell me nothing. Who are you to tell me what to do, you know. This is a generation of me, 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 me. Yeah, it's my life, you know. And this is where a lot of people are going to end up. This funny thing is, in my epiphany, I got to experience this a lot because I was that kind of person, you know. I was, I was, a, I was an atheist. Well, not evangelical atheist, but atheist to, you know, the core, you know, totally absconding the idea that there is a being higher than us who, you know, loves us and all. I realize, again, these are, these are sins that, you know, your, your, your conscience tells you that, you know, maybe you should think about it. Maybe you should um, consider this, that maybe you're doing the wrong thing. But then you decide, no, it's about me. It's about uh, the pursuit of my own happiness. Yeah, I am, I am first. You know, I am, I am the shit. You know, I am everything, you know. Uh, it's me. I choose what makes me happy. It's about me and me and me and me and me and me and me. So this is love perverted because what love is, uh, love is a willing the good of another. It is, love is about sacrifice. And that's the beauty of God that he shows us that love is truly in its purest form expressed in the service of other people, in sacrifice, that even he himself could leave the throne of God in heaven and come to share in our pain, you know? And there's another point I wanted to make that I felt would be relevant. Maybe we're gonna expound on it a bit later. On um, the fact that um, the fact that God or Jesus did not choose to become a demon to go and save demons. Why? There's a reason. Because uh, if you read um, Aquinas's um, um, if you read Aquinas' um, Summa Theologiae, there's a, there's, a, there's a whole section where he talks about angels and how angels are created. You know, they're in the hierarchy of being. Angels are just above human beings, and then there's God at the highest. And so angels get to... They, they're not like us. You know? Um, they're not like us. Uh, my phone just went off, and I realize it's... Um, I was I was going through the the levels of purgatory, but but anyway, I, I don't want to get too much into that. I want you to go and look for it yourself. Uh, so just get on Google and and Google um, Dante's purgatory, you know, or Google Mount Purgatory by Dante. You're gonna see all of those levels, and I think um, pride is is right at the bottom, just slightly above the the more refined people, because now these ones are past beyond the point of pride. Now these ones are. are to the point of rebellion, 
you know, like actively rebelling against God, you know, kind of deriving a pleasure from uh, rebellion against God. So that's even at a lower level that is so close to hell. And um, the point I was making with, with, with angels and demons is um, that because angels had the privilege of being created first before human beings and being so close to God and being created so powerful um, that even now they're able to come to our world and they're able to tempt us and do all of these things, um, that for them to choose to be eternally separated from God, that's a decision that uh, even God knew that once these people, these beings choose to be separated from me, that's it. There's nothing I can do. They'll be forever like that. And because it will be impossible for them to come back. You know, that's why Jesus is not going to become a demon for for him to save demons. But what, that, what does that tell you about us human beings? It just means, yes, we might be weaker than angels. But then again, we are God's favorite children, isn't it? Right? Kind of. Right? Right? That make it, it makes me feel special. You know, like God chose like for human beings oh these beings look at them they just they oh they just want to chill have a good time but then their parents are you know they decided you know um, we're, we're going to do this our way and but these ones are going to listen to me you know that God is so sure that we are going to listen to him you know that he came down to become like us you know he became one of us you know does that make you feel special and that's why again uh, i think i made uh, this point in the recording that that i lost um that in from my experience with the, experiencing these epiphanies in uh, in purgatory and all i can tell you that i i have come to you know kind of a bit um be very um be uh, how how do i express this without sounding um heretical because that's not my intention but i have come to dance around the idea with the idea of um of a, a situation where very few or no human beings are going to end up in hell. And this is why. In hell, as, as, as Dante expresses it, um, it's a very, very, very lonely place. You know? Um, the, the way... Uh, and, and again, as I was making this point of um, why, didn't, why didn't Christ choose to become a demon to go and save the demons... Uh, it's because they they are beings that are higher and more powerful than than human beings, and so um, even when you die, you're still a human soul, and you're still weaker than demons, you know. And so if you go, if you willingly go there, they will torture you for an eternity, and very few people can endure that kind of suffering, because one, they take away all the virtue from you because the devil feeds on virtue. You know, he's, he doesn't want any virtue in any of us because that is what God gives us. But then he feeds off that. He wants us to believe that he is not existent. And, and, and that's, uh, I'm going to come, I'm going to quote uh, or reference Ellen G. White for the first time, although I do disagree with a lot of 
things that she says, uh, which are demonstrably false. Uh, but there is something that she gets right about the devil, that the best thing that the devil can do to deceive human beings is to deceive them that he does not exist. You know, kind of like if we knew him, if we saw him in fully manifest, we wouldn't believe in him. And that is why even in purgatory, the devil doesn't manifest himself very openly because he knows the moment he is outrightly, expressively manifest, no human being is going to choose to side with him. So he's very covert in that he he encourages you and tempts you, you know, to pursue um, your own pleasure because uh, now you're at a place where you can be able to experience a lot of, you know, pleasure and all. But then that comes with pain because you're separated from God, because you're so far away from God and you're not aware of God's love that that now suffering becomes inevitable. In fact, I can tell you, the suffering in purgatory is usually not because of God punishing anyone. As I think I've said that before. Usually, the suffering that happens in purgatory, it's human souls inflicting pain on other human souls. Remember, this is what happens. If, um, if, you're, a, if you're a proud person, and if you're a person who's you know, materialistic and you're in pursuit of wealth, now you go into a world where you can get to have everything that you want. But then again, there are so many other people who want the same things that, that you do. And so you all have to fight it out. And so, for example, in one of my epiphanies, we were very close and very close to a powerful figure and uh, who was president. Uh, and so we were you know, trying to consolidate power and, and trying to uh, be be even more rich. So what we used to do, uh, you know, like you want to make everybody your subject. You want to, uh, you kind of become like a mini devil. Uh, humans become like mini devils. You know, the devil is, is, is going to come in bits, you know, to, it's going to be manifest probably to the to those who are at the lowest level of purgatory, the, 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 um, the anti-pagatory, because because those ones are very refined. Those ones are very close to him. Those ones are like his little children because they 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 are very deceitful. They they know what they are doing. They know exactly what they are doing. Uh, but even those ones still, when when they get to see what he can do, most of them just run to God because by God does suffering exist in that place. So what we used to do. Uh, in in this episode, I was talking about with with uh, with someone last Friday, um, that we we used to make people eat their own poop, like we used to make people eat their own shit, um, like to to make them suffer so much that they wouldn't go against us, because we knew we have. Uh, we have power to maintain, you know, we need to control everybody. And that's the thing with the devil. He he wants to control everyone. And so what he does is that he instills fear in people. And that's what happens. And so we we made a lot of people suffer and made them eat their own crap that at one point um, we were overturned and we, <laughs> we we were also made to eat our own shit. And so that that's what happens. It's It's just human beings torturing other human beings but now at a higher pitch of existence because you're a human soul you cannot die 
you a human soul cannot a soul cannot die because a soul emanates from god and 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 there is and god um nothing that comes from god gets to die that's why the devil gets to live forever because he was created from god and and he he still has that ens- essence of you know it's it's going to you're going to exist forever if you were created by god so whether you choose to live now with god in heaven or outside of 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 heaven with with the devil now that's now that's up to you to choose but now these are human beings um torturing each other but at a higher pitch of existence because now your souls you have a lot of um powers you know you can you can read minds in fact in the next world i, I would tell you um for free thoughts are not hidden uh, everybody can see what everybody is thinking and so and so it's it, the way the devil works now is through deception you know creating a perception that's not real that's not the truth so that everybody is now perpetually following a, a string of 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 um of 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 realities that are that are based on on lies and deceptions and falsehoods and so that's how you people in purgatory maintain uh their power because what it is it's a it's a replica of the world that you lived in so that you get to make the decision to follow god or not uh based on it's like life part 2 but then now you're you're going there as as a as a dead being in fact a lot of people who die and go to purgatory are not even aware that they're dead until they suffer so much that they're like wait this this was not real wait did i die and then <laughs> now the sins of their death now starts coming back and then because again these things are they become obscure it's it's a, a level and the reason why you need to keep praying for the souls of the departed is um god gives them grace you know like the more they they're in tune god now connects them to you and you get to you know help them get over that that period but get over that that period but then you can only do that when you're pious uh and um i think i see this a lot on 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 catholic twitter uh, there's an account that actually keeps reminding people please pray for the souls who the souls of the dead who are in purgatory who have nobody to pray for them you these are people you might not know them uh but the more you pray for them the more they're able to open their eyes because again uh god's grace is cooperative you know uh god does not operate from a point of uh it's just him direct you know like him it's doing everything he wants you to be part of it you know he knows what's best for you and ultimately he knows what path is best for you but he wants you to be part of it because he loves you you know like it, it's it's kind of like think of it as your children you know um even though you know everything that your children need you still want them to come to come to you as their father you know and and tell you, you know dad i i need this i need this uh can you help me with my homework you know like you probably know all the answers to their homework but you want to cooperate with them so that as you cooperate with them they learn and that's the same thing with with god's grace and us that he allows us that okay now for you to express love now you have dealt with your own uh with your own sins and you have you know confessed your own sins and you have uh cleansed yourself and i forgive you and then now there all of these other people who need you to show them love maybe they they have already left your world but then 
the continuity of life um, demands that they go to another place that's going to help them um, that, that's going to help them ultimately end up where I want them to end up and so when you pray for them you extend that grace and that love to them and so their eyes get opened because most of them are, are living unaware of their own death until they get to the point where okay wait I am dead uh, because unless you get to the to that point where you're you're aware that hey um where am I you know uh what is happening to me unless you get to that point you're not going to uh you you're going to live in a perpetual state of of suffering because one thing you think that your life is still going on as it was because there's there's that part of you know part of you that um has deceived you so much that the moment you 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 wake up and you're in another world and it's the same as the world you were living in and it has the same people and this is the funny thing about it actually you get to interact with people even those who are alive i, I don't know it happens like like somehow it's all bound by space or time so you could be interacting by with someone who is not dead yet on the other side <laughs> they're not dead so it's like your world continues so let's say you 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 maybe you have cancer you die at uh, Nairobi hospital and people in this world they will see you obviously you have died and they'll have to bury your body but then on the other side you're existing as a soul but then every experience you have is so real so maybe you're going to you're going to wake up and find yourself probably at the same bed with people some this depends now on god god ultimately directs everything because everyone there's how he wants you to come to to terms with your own uh sins and your own folly and your own pride and your own lustfulness um you you come to the realization that it's it it, it seems very normal to you you know it's like life like life just continues and you continue pursuing um things but then at some point uh, and this is where i think reality starts to hit in it's when the suffering starts usually it starts with with the enticements because also in that world there are a lot of demons and the devil is very manifest in in that world although he's not going to come to you in his real um in his real sense uh i realize by now that i am talking about things that a lot of people are, pr- would probably be skeptical about uh and i know some some have told me you know purgatory is just something made up but um you know the 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 beauty about truth is it is true whether you whether you choose to believe it or not so that's what i'm going to say about uh about anybody who's skeptic um but i know for catholics catholics deeply deeply understand what i'm what i'm talking about uh and and maybe um other other christians as well um but so your life continues but now you're a soul so when the point you come to to realize what's happening to you is a point where something happens to you maybe something very violent 
maybe a fight breaks and you're shot, but you don't die. <laughs> you're feeling the pain, but you're not dying. I think that's when it hits, uh, it hits you and, you're, and suddenly you, you become awake and aware that, wait, what? I, I'm not dying. Something really weird is happening. And by that time, um, you, you will suffer. <laughs> you will suffer. I think, um, I think that the, the most torturous place that I, alongside with other, other souls of people, some who are departed, some who are still alive, uh, were going through, was a place that um, I coined a term for it. I called it the forever spinny. <laughs> Let me try and explain to you what the forever spinny is. So the forever spinny <laughs> is a place where um, you, <laughs> how can I put this? Okay. Usually, I think this is a. I think this is on a later stage. I think this is um. This is usually like way up when you're dealing with um, when you're dealing with last. Because I, I think I, I mentioned that I was gonna tell you something about uh, something that a lot of people worry about. Uh, uh, but then, not to lighten it, but it's a very serious thing. But last is usually the last scene that you deal with uh, in purgatory. Usually after going through all of the other. Uh, I forget the, the levels between between pride at the bottom and uh, and at last at the top. So usually at at the point of last, usually you're dealing with uh, sexual sin. So you get another ex you get experiences of um, you know being tempted, um, you know to <clears throat> you know with fornication, with uh, adultery, with all kinds of sexual sin. You know them. Um, you know, pornography, uh, all kinds of sexual scenes that come from, you know, the desire that you have uh, to have sex, which should be rightly ordered. Uh, but then at the forever spinny, um, <laughs> you have made your way through the seven levels uh, or through the six levels. I, yes, the six levels. Now you're at the last level. Um, how do I explain this? <laughs> it's so psychological. I feel like I'm, I'm going to have to refer to a movie here. Uh, Inception. Anyone has watched Inception? Yes. So, you're so far... So far into somebody's dream in another 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 dream, in another dream that you have lost your way. <laughs> you don't know how to get back to your body, to your real body. And you realize that maybe I am stuck here forever. <laughs> Usually this is the last this is the last stage, and it's it's so it's such a mind screwing experience that I think from here now I think God now let he, you know he like now well because usually when you pass through this now that's where now you go to the gates of heaven and it's opened it's it's opened to you that's that's the forever spinny there's the, the, okay from my experience it's like you, you go from uh, the forever spinny at, right at the end uh, it's when like you have gone you have gone through so so much and you think you have worked out your way to heaven 
But then you're still lustful. <laughs> you still have sexual sin. So before you get to finally deal with it, and this is the thing that is gonna thrust you to the other side, is you. <laughs> As I said, like it's in like in Inception. You're like so far into into dreams. And, you, you know, Inception, the way, like, okay, for those of you who have not watched Inception, I'm going to try and explain this. So, uh, Inception is about getting into, like, um, something happens in real life. And then for you to change the course of that thing, you get into somebody's dream. So, you have to sleep and then get into another dream and then get into another dream and another dream and another dream and another dream in different people's dreams that when you get to like the furthest point of it, you've already forgotten where you started and you don't know how to make your way back there. It, it sounds easy when I'm explaining it to you, but the experience is so torturing. It's, it's so torturing. I don't wish it on anyone because uh, this happened to me. Um, I was, um, I walked, I walked from my place in Kasarani in Santon because uh, these things were happening in my mind, but then I'm still in this reality, but then I'm experiencing things from the other reality. So it happened to me. I walked from my, my place in Kasarani, uh, in Santon, um, and as I was walking up, I was very hopeful because I felt I am so close to heaven. I can feel it. I can feel God's voice. I can feel the angels tell me you're just so close you're just so close uh, keep coming keep coming you know you, you can feel you know um you can feel mother mary's voice you can hear her voice tell you don't don't give up you're so close you're so close you have come so far you cannot go back but then i got to i walked all the way to um from santon to a place called um what is this place there's a club there's a club called called um it's called whiskey and barrels I, I, i'm not sure if that's a name i think it's called yes called whiskey and barrels what's that place called uh it's called equity equity yes it's called equity at kasarani so i'm walking in my mind and the grace at this point is that god is making me aware that all of this what you're seeing is happening on this other side of purgatory where you have to go through this process but then again you're still in this reality but don't worry um just just keep going just keep going just keep going so when i got up or equity um i i started now losing it like i started losing direction it's like if you've watched Rick and Morty, <laughs> uh, I recommend go watch Rick and Morty. It's gonna g give you a sense of what happens in in purgatory because it's 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 very mind boggling. Um, it's like you get lost in in another galaxy, you know, like how I was watching this the episode that I was watching. Uh, Rick and Morty they go to <laughs> they go to uh, they're going to an alternative an alternative universe. So when they go to the alternative universe uh, or the alternative Earth, um, their Rick's, Rick's um, spaceship um, crashes or he realizes he doesn't have power or fuel or whatever he uses. And so he asks Morty to get inside 
his the engine of the spaceship uh, because Rick has created another universe inside the battery of the spaceship where a species of beings you exist inside that battery. <laughs> oh, this this is so sorry about watching because I was like, oh, things I have gone through. Because um, now these were the experiences now. <laughs> like they get into another universe inside a battery and and then they go to the universe inside the battery and then they realize that the people in this, these beings that recreated in this battery in the universe in the battery that actually it's people i think they they jog on some some pedals and then they produce power and then they trade whatever it's like these people are not free because they they all they exist to do is power rick's um spaceship but they think they are free but they're not so they get into that universe and then they realize that these beings are actually smart that one of them is a scientist who figured out how to uh, create another power source that now has caused the spaceship to break down. So they get there and they get into this scientist uh, office and then they go to the, the universe that this scientist has created within this universe that is... It's... It's, <laughs> uh, it's so screwed up. And so they go into another universe and another universe. So the initial place where they left is... Uh, they left... Um, Morty's sister, what's her name? Summer? Uh, Morty's sister is called Summer. So they've left Summer at a parking lot. Uh, and so that's where they exist in, in real time. That's where they exist in real time. And so now, if anything happens to them in that universe, they'll never get back. Because they go to the universe they end up in, uh, their spaceship breaks down. And so they are stuck there. <laughs> they can't go back to where they came from because the means of transport that they used to go back is no longer available. And so it's so screwed up. Like if you think about it while watching it, I think it's, 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 you're going to have to be like really strong-willed for you not to have your mind a little twisted. I think uh, the writers of, the, of Rick and Morty, are, or they, they, they really did a good job at uh, expressing these things. Uh, but then now... Um, I'm still at the forever spinny. The, all of this is what I'm trying to tell you in firing Rick and Morty is trying to explain the forever spinny, what it is. Because uh, that was that was what we, we named it um, together with the people who I experienced it with. We were like, that's the forever spinny. Because you think you're going to be stuck there forever. Like everything that you're doing at that point, you're so lost. You don't know where you are. You don't know how to get back. And you realize that you have been conned. <laughs> you realize that you have been conned into accepting to come to this place. So when this is happening to me, I'm at um, that place. I think it's called Whiskey and Bar or something. Equ equity, yes. Equity in Kasarani. And so I'm walking. And then the world seems to be stuck in an infinite loop. An infinite loop. And I think that's like what hell is. It's, it's, it's like, it's hell. Because you're forever stuck in one thing, doing the same thing, day in, day out, no sleeping, because you're a soul. You cannot sleep. You cannot die. You, there's nothing. You, yes, you get tired, but not as tired. You, you can still keep going on. But you're stuck there 
forever and ever 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 doing the same thing walking around a loop of buildings and like that's your life <laughs> i think maybe um god is trying to show you that <laughs> you know outside of me there's so little that you can do that the best you can come up with is to forever do the same thing over and over and over and over again for eternity and so that's a really 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 torturing place uh and so we get out from how i got out from the forever spinny was to follow my intuition uh you know it's kind of like by the time you hear the voice of god when you are there you so desperately need him <laughs> that you the your soul is so dry and so empty that you <laughs> like hearing the voice of god is like getting water in a desert <laughs> one because you're painfully aware that where i am i am never going to get out of here it's like i think that's the point where he shows you where exactly the devil wants you it's like he will forever torture you and that's where he derives his pleasure from like putting you in a box where you will never get out you will always do what he wants and he will always torture you and so he will come the thing about this is it's so it's so screwed up that everything you have done up until that point you're aware that you can forget it all and then you go back to square zero square one uko uko ko pride <laughs> it's like the devil can take your memory away and then you will you won't know anything you know it's like you have learned so much you have worked your way you know you have you have you have communed with god he has helped you get over your pride he has helped you get over your your laziness he has helped you get over the other levels <laughs> of you know the other sins he has helped you get over envy you know being envious of other people's success you know like seeing somebody succeed and you feel bad and you want to have what they have that's also a level in purgatory you have to go through that like you have to learn how to you know be free of that and so you have read yourself of all of these things and then right at the end of it just when you were so close you could you were so close to heaven you could feel it it was right there you could feel you could see it with your own eyes and you know that it's not <laughs> you know that it's not uh it's not a lie like you can literally see the city of god you can literally see all the angels and saints are over there welcoming you wanting you know telling you keep coming and then you lose it all at once and then you realize that you could go back all the way but then the voice of god comes when you're when you've spent a bit of time at the forever forever spinning and at that point <laughs> um god shows you what your life would be like without him and that's why i'm 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 i am i am convinced <laughs> that very few people will go to hell because the devil is going to torture you a good one a 
good one <laughs> before your before now you listen to the voice of god because that's who he is he's evil <laughs> his ultimate desire is to have a group of beings whom he can torture and and pour down violence and everything on every kind of evil on um and that's what he gets to be and that's a forever spinny i i hope i've tried to explain it as uh to the best of my ability with words right now can can be able to to express it and so you hear the voice of god at the forever spinny and this is how it comes and this is this is one thing that makes me so hopeful about god that i'm not perturbed by anything really because i know i know god's voice is not it's not going to be grand but once you listen to it once you listen to the small things it's not the big things small things just, just listening if you you close your ears and you listen so closely in every situation it's like hey he's like he told me don't give up don't give up keep walking keep walking and you know, you know when Jesus says my sheep recognize my voice my sheep know my voice because I'm their shepherd it is true we are his sheep and we know his voice because that's usually um and this at, at this point is that you're dead you're long dead uh you have long been aware that you have been dead um Luckily for me I was still alive in this world because now God somehow was you know in his power was able to show me those things but still maintain uh my body in I account it as a grace I count it as a grace to be able to see all of this um you know but there are the people who are there they're like you know we've come so far man we've come so so far like we have you know the, the beauty about walking through purgatory and, and the process of of um awakening is you form very deep bonds with the people whom you you commune with or whom you are suffered with the people who well at the pride level I was torturing and they were torturing me and they had meted unimaginable violence on me and and other people. We got to the point of, you know, now learning forgiveness, you know, learning to forgive and to let it all go. Like that that's what God lo- God's love is. You forgive everyone. You know? You how many times should you forgive? Ask Christ again. 70 times 7. as many times as possible don't carry any weight in your heart you know let it all go let the lord says vengeance is mine you know leave it to me you know even the people who killed you some people had to deal with the pain of the people who killed them and on the other side uh they have tortured them so much and the torture has happened two way because now you realize okay uh, i have tortured these people for however long i have 
and now they're the ones who get to torture me, you know? It's all fallen games until the tables are turned. That now you, the one who's giving violence, now the violence is being given to you. It's all fallen games until then, you know? And so, like, we have come so far, you know? We've, we've forgiven each other. Like, we've, we've shaken hands. You know, Jesus has come to us. He has talked to us. He has um, given us lessons, you know? We have believed in him. We have come to see our own wickedness. You know, it's like, you know, it's very easy for you to ignore these things when you're alive. And that's why, for me, I really do not care if you believe this or not. Uh, because you're going to get to experience it, whether you believe it or not. So that's your own problem. Um, like, you get to the point, you know, Jesus has come to you because, you know, people are praying for you and he has now visited you. He's showing you the people who are praying for you on the other side. And you're like, wow, this is the world I left behind. And you're like, um, sometimes you're like, okay, I wish I could go back there. But then he tells you, you know, when if you go back there, there's nothing that you're going to, you're not going to live your life any different. You know, on that path, I saw that, you know, you, you are going to, you know, <laughs> end up here anyway. So journey on, journey on with me. And so you get to the point where, you know, you forgive each other, you know, you shake hands and you cry and you cry and you cry and you cry through the night um, as you see people whom you tortured uh, come and say, I forgive you and, and I let it all go. You know, uh, I know I, 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 I sabotaged you. I, I, I stabbed you. I, I slept with your wife. I did this to you. I did this to you, but I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. I let it go. And then you hug them and you're like, I forgive you. I, 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 I see now what it means to love. And, you know, you forgive each other. Now you have, you have graduated from one level to another. It's like now you're from pride. Now you go to the next level. Now you go to the next level. At the level of um, laziness. Because laziness, it's called sloth. It's a sin. Yes. People who don't want to work. They just want to, you know, the police who want to just uh, go and, you know, reap where they haven't sowed. You will get your day and you will learn how to work with your own hands. You know, you learn to be industrious you learn to um you know trade you know that the value of trade you know the value of hard work you know like producing something of value and trading it for something of something else of value of the the concept of money you know it's value exchanging hands and you know you're taught these things as you as you go as you go uh, you know, and, and Jesus comes with you, you know, sometimes he will come in person and he will stay with you and you will feel so good. His presence is, you just feel so peaceful and so, he has an aura of, of peace and joy and happiness and everything good. And then sometimes he's, he's just going to like tell you, okay, you know, now what? Uh, I have to go because um, you guys need to keep journeying on and I will meet you on the other side, but I will always be with you. Even when you don't see me, I'm always with you because I want you uh, to, to, to you know, read yourself of this. And it's like, okay, so this is what I'm dealing with. And like, okay, I'm so lazy. I All I want to do is be corrupt because that's the place for corrupt people. Uh, you know, cor the corruption. Corruption is, the root of corruption is laziness is uh, because you don't want to work hard 
you don't want to be industrious and and uh, you know reap where you have sowed. Uh, you want to take what somebody else has uh, worked for. You will have your day there, and um, yeah, utafanya kazi, utafanya kazi. Hey brother, sister, utafanya kazi. Yeah, you will work. You will learn how to. Work. You better learn it now. You know, learn to be industrious. Learn to 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 have something of value to trade for something else of value you know to make a living an honest living uh because um yeah you will do heavy work heavy 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 work go to dante's purgatorio you think i'm as <laughs> kimani bogo's version of purgatory read dante's dante's is probably even worse because uh, like people there are carrying stones and and whatever because uh, because purgatory is like it's a replica of the world that you lived in so like <laughs> you're living in that world and so many things are intertwined um that you can easily lose it very lose it so fast um but the beauty of it is that uh ultimately god is guiding you to the point of um self realization you you get to see yourself as he sees you because there are some people who think that they are so good in this world you know they want to zionanga ni wow ni wazuri sana lakini that is coming from a point of pride you know i am seeing myself as a good person no naenda huko kwanza huko level 7 it's um there you get you to work your way up and uh after after the that place called the forever spinny um there's now a place called um we named it <laughs> the funny name i told i told uh i told someone this and and they they, they laughed about it uh but it's it, but it's so beautiful we called it the blue pill recovery center <laughs> uh because this is the last stage so you you out of the forever spinny so at the recovery center it's like now you're now you're resting you know you're you're resting and you're you're resting and reflecting on everything that has happened so this is the last stage So there you you having saints and angels come to attend to you so you know you've you've made it but when you get there you know you know you you've made it you can see the city of god but then they're like uh, now we just need to remove all of these things from your system it's literally like a hospital because a lot of people are very tired their souls are so tired you know they're like <laughs> their souls are so tired so the thing that heals you is getting to listen to god you know uh not just his word um is the bible is very important because the bible acha nikwambie by that time you see the bible and you see you see salvation you see the way people right now you see the bible and you're like ah yeah whatever um by the time you get there seeing a bible is like seeing is like somebody coming with bottled water in in the desert and you've been thirsty for the last 7 days and you're not dying and the the thirst for god's word is so deep and so heavy that you just need to hear what he has to say about everything you know like and then you get to listen to him you know, he speaks to you and he tells you you know this is this is a, this is you, you get to see the entire history of the world you know you get to see um adam and eve everything that happened to them the story of every story that you're interested to knowing you know any every story that's going to help you come to the point of you know full self realization you know until until uh, when you're at this point 
you know god is like now i need you to be ready 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 kabisa ndo hizo ma vitu ma devon kama kandani yako like zi zikutoke kabisa like sasa now you see yourself as god sees you you know you get to be cleansed and um it's very beautiful you know uh, the place called heaven is very beautiful now um i realize that i have no words <laughs> uh when when i think it's paul who says no i think no it's i think it's revelation no ear has had no eye has seen um you can only try and and explain what heaven is like but you can never uh because you you have not seen it <laughs> like you have not <laughs> well i have but even the images i have in my head of it sometimes they're, they're so obscure that i ask god like why can't you just make it so clear so that i can see my home um but then the beauty of it is that when you're here you have work to do you know you have you're here for a reason it's a like you know god says you know i allowed you to see these things for a reason to share them with people so that those who have not believed can believe and those who don't believe you know they'll get to make their own decisions afterwards because you know these things will you will get to see these things when you cross over you know and that happens for the moment you die if you have people who are praying for you um dedicate dedicating masses to you you know it will be very be very easy for you you know uh because from the moment it, people keep people who are genuinely pious and genuinely listen to god and genuinely are are living the saintly life here on earth they their their prayers are so powerful and that's and that's the beauty of it that in god's cooperative grace um those who get to commune with him the most those who have not uh entangled themselves with you know so much baggage you know envy um jealousy oh jimara you know last eh uh, those kind of pornography you know it's a serious one. that one before you get out of the last stage hey you have to you go through fire <laughs> it's literal fire yeah you you experience that it's like that that last being burnt out of you and um finally when you um get to get out of uh, the place that we now call in in retrospect i have a lot of famous people from kenya who who died before who i was with i i usually i don't want to say their names cuz i feel like maybe even the people in their families would probably not be okay with it uh, cuz it's like maybe not respecting the dead but I, i i totally get that so i just keep it to myself and i keep it in my diaries and uh these people meant so much to me and they still do and i i i feel like i miss them so much because uh what what i saw was like being dead and being alive at the same time and the beauty of this is that um everything that i'm telling you there are witnesses to it like members of my family my friends you know they would come to see me in hospital and they would hear oh kimani has been calling dead politicians names all night and you know they got to so, to, to see that you know you know I would, i would sit 
uh, somewhere and have a picture of a famous person who died and be like, because uh, I'm seeing them and nobody else is. So that's the beauty of it. Anyway, I hope this episode has helped you. Uh, if you have come this far, I hope it has helped you get a perspective that you probably did not of um, what happens after you die. Don't be so worried. Don't be so sad uh, because um, um, you will get another chance. Uh, I think one of the things I, 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 I did quote Ellen G. White with something that I agree with her, but then I think it's only fair that I quote or I refer to something that I totally disagree with and is false. Uh, is um, that when we die, according to her theology, uh, when we die, uh, she says that we are just bodies and a spirit which is a breath of life. Uh, but that's not true. We are living souls who have, the soul is from God, is a part of God and it will never die. Our body will because as a consequence of sin. You know, uh, as the book of Romans says, uh, the wages of sin is death. So the, the price we get to pay for what, Adam and Eve did is to experience death. You know, that pain of separation, uh, you know, from our loved ones, uh, that's, that's the pain that we get to experience of, of uh, that's the price we pay, you know. Uh, oh, such a beautiful song by Njoki Karu. Yeah, there's a cover of it done by Njoki Karu. So, so beautiful. Uh, yes. Minadamu ni mavumbi. From dust you came and unto dust you shall return. That's the only scary bit of it. <laughs> That's it. Uh, and, uh, you know, Ellen says that we are just bodies and have the living breath of God. And then when we die, that breath is taken away. You know, like kind of like a, he portrays our spirit as something um, immaterial, impersonal. Uh, but, it no. Your soul is immortal. It will not die. And if you choose to go to hell, uh, if you're so excited by the idea of worshipping the devil and uh, being a demon, <laughs> you're never going to be a demon, so get that right. You're always going to be a human among demons and they are going to torture you very, 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 very badly. So if, you, if your vision is to uh, dine with the devil... Uh, you will live forever with him uh, as a slave. Um, but in God's city, in the city of God, you're free. You're free to, fore to forever live in his presence and in his love. You know, his love encompasses everything. That uh, Ultimately, what I have come to learn is that God is love. You know, just to conclude on the point I was making about uh, what Ellen G. White says about um, about. Our, our our nature of being uh, because her argument was and, and this this is what I think made made life so scary for me when I was an Adventist is uh, I thought that you die you die <laughs> that's it uh, but no that's that's not uh, that's 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 not true that's 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 a heresy and Omana what to come how walikuwa wamepelekwa pale kwa ile kitu inaitwa eh, eh? ante purgatory wale watu wadanganyifu kwa wale watu wadanganyifu walidanganya watu wengine uh, wakijua 
Manake pale uh, pale ni pa you know sinners who are so refined you know um like who who, who which character can i um can i infer um i'm trying to think of a movie that i've recently watched where there was deception at catastrophic levels uh but the one i can think of is um is from blacklist in blacklist i've forgotten the names of the characters because I, i stopped watching it a long time ago there's a there's a chick who has a husband and she realizes that her husband was all along the husband was an agent and a spy or was a spy yeah and she didn't know yeah you see those people who are intentionally deceitful yeah that's 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 where they go because they lie to themselves and they lie to everyone so much that they, that they believe their own bullshit you know they believe their own lies so once you get to that point um you're you're very close very close to your to your father the devil and uh you will experience life um at as a metaphysical being who's not going to die because your soul is immortal uh, but your body isn't so that's why uh, in this waking experience of life we are painfully aware that our bodies are going to be lowered to the ground kwa sababu mshahara ya tambi ni mau ni mauti asanteni sana sasa situfungei podcast bana tumeenda sana Yes, tumeenda sana lakini I hope you have um, gotten a, a new perspective of life and a new perspective of death as well. Uh, kwa sababu kuna mtu hapa Mungu alimchukua akamwambia kijana uh, wewe umejifanya kinyangarika sana. Wewe umejifanya wewe ni atheist sana. Uh, kama wewe ni atheist sana wewe unaona unajua sana unajiona intellectual intellectual yeah wewe ni Jordan Peterson wa you know unajiona wewe ni mkali sana unaweza andika filosofia nitakupeleka uh, mahali alafu utakuja unipatie majibu niambie what have you seen and uh, report back uh, i will i will uh, show you what happens so that is the experience that i've had uh, thank you so much for listening to the Kimani Mbogwa podcast my name is Kimani Mbogwa see you again next week with uh, yet another topic Goodbye.